Hello, my name is James Pikeway, and I have an incredible question and answer for you with Suad Asakal. Suad was the 63rd speaker at Creative Mornings right here in Dubai. You know that. Well, this is the Q&A. Head into the description for this podcast and you can get the link to the actual talk. This Q&A is gold. I'm telling you, you're going to want to play it over and over and over and over and over. It is full of tips. It's full of ideas. It's full of great stories. You know what? I think the stories are what make Sawad's presentation just over the top. Just, it, it's over the top. You're going to love it. Let's get into it. Here's the Q&A with Sawad Al-Sakal. It's the Q&A from her talk at Creative Mornings in Dubai, number 63, theme, procrastinate. So the first question yeah. was, how do you get past the fear of success because of expectations? So how do I get um, over the yeah. fear of success? Yeah, how do you get past the fear of success All because right. of expectations? If you want to be successful you won't mind the expectations. It's as simple as that. So when I first joined Tabrid, it was three years ago, young and naive. I didn't know what I was getting myself into. And I'm like, utilities? Humbug. It's fine. It's, it's something easy that I can do, and, um, and I'm not afraid, and, and I, I, can get, I can get the job done. Um, because it's part of what I want to become. It's part of my my ten year plan, my five year plan, etc. So it's, it's part of that bigger picture, um, and because of it, it fits. That's why I told you at the beginning of, of the presentation. I'm like, you need to sit down and be honest with yourself. Is this what you want to do? Does this fit your bigger plan? Is this who you want to be known for? If the answer is yes, there's nothing for you to be afraid of. And what I tell everyone who wants to do public speaking is that if you're chosen to speak about a subject, you need to understand that you are the one to talk about the subject. That means you are the knowledgeable one. That means um, you don't need to be afraid of sharing that knowledge. So don't be afraid of success. Uh, be smart about it. Set the goals right. Um, Again, make them very attainable and very realistic, uh, and it's baby steps. Don't jump into that and, and just be like, okay, fine, whatever, I'll, 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 I'll take this opportunity and that opportunity. No, 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 don't put too much on your plate. Just evaluate that, that, that opportunity for success. If it, if it um, aligns with your own personal goals, then go for it. If it doesn't, let it go. Just let it go. Do you think, just a, a quick follow-up on that, do you think uh, it has something to do with this um, achieve achieve more phobia? Uh, so maybe you're not sure if, uh, like, or you are afraid of actually uh, being successful, so you put these things in front of you. Yeah, so I was just asking, you know, what if you have this achieve more phobia uh, yes. and, and it's real, right? So you, you yeah. will actually put things in front of you so you don't get, you know, you don't become successful. So putting the plans and all that is not going to work because you will stop them. No, but the thing is, once you realize that this is exactly what you want, mm. 
it's everything's out the window. It's it, the most important factor of you being successful or you achieving something is you believing in it. Yeah. If you don't believe that you want to be or you want to be the best at what you do um, or, or you want to be known for what uh, for doing this kind of thing or being famous for that, then you'll never be able to go past the planning stage. You'll always be the, you know, the person in the background helping everyone else shine. And, and you'll be like, no, I'll just work, you know, and, and I don't need to be known, etc. But as soon as you know and identify that this is exactly what I want and this is how I want people to, to know me for, no amount of planning will ever stop you. Yeah. So there is a, a step beforehand is uh, you knowing what you want. Okay. Well, definitely. It's, it's, I'm sorry, just to add to that. Yeah. A lot of things in life, not just procrastination, everything in life, it has to start with you. It, it must start with you. Whether was it being in a loving relationship, being um, uh, um, a loving brother, sister, friend, uh, being successful, um, being a role model, all of these start with you. If you don't believe that you can actually provide that, then how in the world do you expect to be known for that? So if you don't believe it within you that you can be the best at this specific task or role, you'll never get there. And that's where the fear starts coming because you always question yourself because you don't even believe that you're good enough for it. Yeah, right. All right. Next question. How do you know when you're getting stuck and need to look at a different part of the puzzle or when you need to stay persistent and follow through? So th this is a tough question, to be very honest. A lot of times we kind of misunderstand uh, mis, um, the idea of being resilient and persistent with you just need to walk away. And, um, and, and I, was, I, was in a, I was in a very, story time, I was in a very, very toxic uh, workplace. Um, and... But it was it was me doing exactly what I love to do, but the environment was unbearable. But if you made it there, you can make it anywhere in the world. So, and I and my thought was, no, 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 I, I can change the society, I can change this environment, I can do it. And I got stuck there for five years because I was like, no, 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 I can, I can make a difference. Not realizing that it was not just my small circle that was toxic. It was the entire organization that was toxic. So it's something above and beyond my power. And then at the fifth year, and I was like, and I got sick. So I'm a cancer survivor. And I got sick because I was always stressed. I was always um, um, under a lot of pressure. And, and I was depressed and sad and everything. And that eats up in you. And then I realized when, when the last cancer scare, I'm like, wait a second, what in the world am I doing to myself? And that's when I realized that I need to walk away. So you need to be your own uh, thermostat. You need to know when it's too much. And in addition to that, if it's something that you really want, that you desperately need in your picture, walking away does not mean that you're just abandoning abandoning that piece of puzzle it just means you're putting it on pause that's another thing that you need to put in your brain that if you walk away right now from this project does not mean it's gone forever it means you'll revisit it later it's fine but you need to be okay with walking away for a little bit taking a break 
having a thought and then coming back to uh, imp- to kind of um, uh, put in all that knowledge that you've learned while you're away. I had to type it. This is beautiful. So next question. What if you hit snooze on your fake deadline? <laughs> what do you do with our, with us snoozing? Oh my God. Oh my God. So the, the, the snooze button is my enemy when I want to wake up in the morning because I'm like, no, 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 it's just five minutes, five minutes, five minutes. And then I wake up three hours later and I was like, oh my God. And then I, I just completely die. Um, when it comes to projects at the beginning, I used to snooze, but then I'm like, no, because I kind of like missed a couple of things. I'm like, no, that's it. I need to have self-restraint and not snooze that button. Um, one trick that I used to do is I used to create another alarm right after that, that says, get your A up B and get the job done. When I see that, I'm like, all right, this woman scares me. I get myself up and actually get the job done. Um, so I don't only intimidate people, I intimidate myself as well. And it works really, really well. So, yeah. I love that. Perfect. All right. So a question, don't, well, when you mentioned don't multitask, uh, the question is, as a leader, do you just assign one task at a time? Do you promote <laughs> uh, unitasking with a team? One task at a time. What is this? Kindergarten? Of course not. Um, we do have, a, I mean, when, I, when I'm saying multitasking, does not mean don't take more than one project at a time. No. I mean, when you're right or when you're actually doing a task, don't be on your phone doing your task and watching television and whatnot. Don't multitask. If you need this task done, restrict yourself in 15 to 30 minutes get it done, and then do whatever else you want. For example, if I'm just checking my emails, I love to have a show in the background. I need noise for me to kind of focus. Very weird, but it works. So I need noise in the background for me to kind of focus on on checking emails, just reading them through. Um, if I'm, I'm on leave or whatever, I come back for like 60,000 emails, so I have to go through them. So that works for me. That for me is multitasking, but that's not. I'm not doing something very important. Um, but when it comes to when it's a, it's a specific task that you need to finish, don't multitask. It does not work. So the next question actually uh, fits with this um, 86 emails you said, or was it 8,600? I forgot. <laughs> uh, sometimes procrastination is a protest uh, at having to do something that seems pointless or just piles on an already heavy workload. How do you approach such a, a challenge? I'm sorry, can you just repeat that again? Just raise your voice a little bit on that. Yes, so sometimes procrastination is protest at having to do something that seems pointless or just piles on an already heavy workload. How do you approach such a challenge? So I did tell you guys at the beginning that it's either rebellion or the lack of interest, and, and it is it is part of that. So unfortunately... When you are an employee, there are so many things that you have to do that you are so not interested in doing. Um, and that's where you need to kind of revisit, why am I here? Why am I doing this job? Do I need the money at the end of the month? Find what motivates you to actually get the job done and do it. But if the majority of your job is you trying to convince yourself you need that paycheck 
go find a new job. Because mm. that's not supposed to be the norm. The norm is supposed to be you're excited, you want to wake up, you want to get this thing done, etc. That's the normal. And then you get those ad hocs, oh God, I need to do this billing, Madrishu. Hello, Clarissa's friend. So you need to do things, blah, blah, etc. That's, that's, that's the ad hocs. But yeah. the actual thing needs to be motivated. This is, this is something that you love doing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, okay, next one. What would you advise students on procrastination, on procrastination, and also in general about work life? <laughs> Good luck. Um, no, so as a student, <laughs> as a student, what do I advise you on procrastination? James can tell you that I was the queen of procrastination. I used to leave everything to the last minute. Another professor who suffered with me was David Burns. Um, he taught me video production, and that man, oh, my God, he used to give us a full week to create short videos, and I used to go out, have fun, etc. On the day of editing, which was the last day to submit your video, I'm like, all right, so what do I have around the house that I can, like, you know, video shoot or whatever, just just get this sorted? And I used to do that, and and for some reason I have a really good eye, and, and I used to get great grades. I graduated, so David can never change the grades now. So, but what you need to do, basically, first of all, choose, or I hope that you are, in um, um, in, in a college that you like. Um, so when I first joined Zayed University, I was a lost puppy. I had no clue what I wanted to do. I loved biology. I wanted to be an archaeologist, just saying. Not like Ross, but I wanted to be an archaeologist. I, I loved history. I loved, you know, digging up stuff. And, and it, it, was, it, was, it was something I'm very interested in. Then I was like, you know what? No, I'll have to leave my family. I have to travel because, let's be realistic, nothing much in the desert to go find. Um, then I was like, you know what? Let's do biology. I'm a fanatic when it comes to science and and um, and the study of genes, etc. And then I realized that I'll be in a lab for the rest of my life. I'm like, ah, uh, yeah, no, that's not gonna happen because I will go crazy. So I went to Zion University not knowing at all what I wanted to do. And then we have James Pikeway and Jack Hillway who walked into the auditorium to the song "We Will We Will Rock You," clapping their hands over their heads, and getting us all amped up about what they're going to say. And the one sentence, I don't think that I've ever told James this, but the one sentence in my head that crossed, I was like, you know what? If you can rock me and by comms, I'm in. And that was it. And that was completely it. And we were only six or eight girls in the well, College of Communications. Well, well, we were well. the guinea pigs. Yeah, and it, we were the <laughs> guinea pigs. Today, you can't find a seat in the communications college because it's so, you know, packed with students, which is amazing. It tells you something. Um, so you need to find, first of all, the college that you want to be part of, the thing that you really want to study. We started the radio. We started the newsletter. We, we did a lot of things from, from scratch, and, and it was a lot of work. I'm not going to lie. It was a lot of work, but we did it because we loved to do it, and that helped with us actually meeting those deadlines because – our product meant that I got a full grade. So when I did design, I had to lay out the actual newsletter. And it was fun for me. When I did photography, it was because of that newsletter. And again, it was fun for me. The radio show. Um, I don't know if, if James remember I, the, I, I 
because I, I love writing, um, uh, uh, Peter, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, or Pete, he he got me into a writing competition, and I won first prize for the shortest story in the world. It's a worldwide um, uh, competition, and I wrote about my father. Um, and, and because I used to love what I studied, it helped me plan accordingly. That's That's your responsibility. Number two, you need to find a mentor in your college or in your university that would be there to motivate you when you don't have that spark in you, when you're, when you're close to kind of like ending yourself because you messed up on a project. Story time. I remember um, for, my, for my script writing class, um, I, we, had to, we had 20 weeks to write a full script. It was David Burns. We had 20 weeks to write a script. I wrote this unbelievable script. It was about seven people. won an award. So it was seven people in the seven Emirates. Each one of them are connected to one another, and they all meet at the end. Um, and, it's, it's, and it was called On the Line. It's kind of explaining how we're all connected to each other. It's the philosophy of you know everyone through seven people. Um, so I wrote that, and I was so proud of it. And I was so happy about it. I was going to be taken, and, and the, the guys in the high college technology beside us were going to make it a movie. And, and I was so excited. I'm, I'm going to David's, David's office and I'm showing it to him. And all of a sudden, the blue screen of death and my laptop completely goes blank, shuts down. And I just sit there and I think I had a mini stroke looking at my screen with all these gibberish, you know, binary code numbers. And I'm just like looking at him. And David, I remember David looks at me. He's like, don't cry. It's okay. I'm like, what do you mean don't cry? <laughs> I'm going to die. I'm not going to not cry. I'm going to die. But because he was there to support me emotionally, mentally, giving me the space to actually get my, my shit together, I was able to produce that in two weeks, what I wrote in 20, and get a full grade on that course and move forward and realize that, you know what? No, I am a writer. So... Part of it is you identifying what you like and what you love doing and planning your life accordingly. Second of all, you need to get that mentor. You have to. And you're never old, too old to have a mentor. You need to get that person that kind of can, can, can be your backbone because we don't really see our problems when we're in the middle of it. We need a third eye. Get that third eye. I totally, totally agree with you. Um, I'm aware of the time, but I do have two questions. So we'll just um, try to respond to them or give some ideas uh, before people uh, need to go back to work and stop procrastinating and being with us. Um, so the question before last, do you have any tips on long-term goals? For me, it's to begin writing my novel but feel lack of time because I have a day job. Not sure if this is what's called a starving artist or do allow age to dictate success or believe in diving uh, or divine timing. Sorry. So uh, tips on long-term goals. We go back to self-realization. What do you want? Where do you want to get to? Put that at the end of the line. Then walk backwards. And then put milestones, talking about books. Story time. So my father passed away on the 12th of January. I was his best friend. I'm daddy's girl. 
And it was an absolute shocker when he passed away because he wasn't sick. There was nothing going on. He, he was a heart patient, but it was not expected for him to pass away. So he did. And the first thing that I thought, I was like, you know what? I need to share this with the world. What did I do? I put a plan to write my feelings in a book. And I started. And what I did was I segregated time in my schedule every day put aside an hour for me to write as many pages as I can in that hour. doesn't matter if I'm on a, on a floor, whatever. I just sit there, think about it, write for an hour and then walk out. Um, and that's, and that's how I, I got myself to kind of um, uh, get and keep myself on that track. But the first thing was my main goal of that was I need to share this with the world. I need to tell people that it's okay for people to pass away. It's okay to lose loved ones. Um, it's what you do after that that matters. What did you learn? So the idea of the book is actually talking about the four days of the funeral. And every moment in these four days, I remembered a story that my dad taught me something. And I realized that that, that is the bigger purpose. So find that bigger purpose, teaching people what my dad taught me. And that's something that I wrote on Twitter, advice from my father. So I put that there. And then kind of telling them about the entire entire feeling. And, and it, it is kind of nice for someone to read and be like, oh, wait, I felt that. And then create that connection. Put that goal, walk backwards, put that in your planner. There's no excuse for you to say that I don't have time. We do have time. You have 24 hours a day. You don't need to sleep more than five or six. So <laughs> no. utilize your entire schedule. Put that in. I'm, I love, I'm, I'm a, I'm a panda. I love sleeping. Believe me, I love sleeping, but I work all the time. And I believe, I don't know if Steve is still here or not, but his team can vouch for me. I have some of his team members come and ask me, when in the world do you sleep? I do sleep. But when it has, when it comes to my job and when it comes to my tasks, I don't care. I'll, I'll schedule everything during the entire day. Awesome. Um, I want to add a couple of tips to what you just said. Uh, a book uh, that was uh, recently that recently came out by Seth Godin. It's called The Practice. It is just that what you just explained, like how to put in the daily work to get your creative work out. Uh, no excuses, no time off, and all that. And the other tip is you don't need to actually type it. You could just record it, and you can find a, a, a scriber, the auto auto scribes, right? And then it immediately writes everything down. You need to get it out of your head, and then you can edit it later or give it to someone else to edit it. So you can get this done. The last question: What if you can only find the motivation to do something when you're under pressure? There was a slide that I said. You're just lying to yourself. This is BS. There's nothing called you can only do well under pressure. But if that is the case, and that's the only, you're an adrenaline junkie, give yourself fake deadlines. Restrict yourself to 15 minutes to finish a job, and that's how you'll actually get your job done. But don't convince yourself that that's the only way you can get your job done. Again, I cannot stress this enough. It all starts with you. You need to convince yourself that you can do something or not do something. Um, how did I get out of depression? I had to convince myself that this will not, this will not control me. This will not do this. This will not end my life. This will not take me into this dark rabbit hole. I will not let this happen. I, me, myself 
No one else is responsible for what you do. No one else is responsible for, for getting you um, out of bed. You need to find that in your heart to actually get yourself sorted and move forward. So don't convince yourself that that's the reason because it's not true. Yeah, so it could it could be fake deadlines and also could be fake panic. Uh, I remember yeah. once I had to to write a very important email and I was procrastinating that I told myself I cannot go to the bathroom if I don't write it. And I was in so much pain for so long. And, I, and then I said, okay, I'll just sit and write it. And I wrote it and then I was able to go. I know it's small and simple, but... But the, it works under pressure. It works. It, it works. That it was works. pressure. Yeah, it works. Whatever makes you sleep at night and make, gets you the job done, it works. Do it. Yeah, that's that's awesome. Thank you. Thank you so much, Saad, and thank you everyone for staying with us. Uh, we really, really appreciate you. This has been awesome. You have been listening to the Q and A with Saad Al Sarkal. It was the 63rd Creative Mornings event. You want to find out more about Creative Mornings? You've never heard of it and you just happened onto this podcast and now you're hooked? Hit your browser, creativemornings.com. www.creativemornings.com. You are going to be blown away by what, 226 countries, 67, 226 chapters in 67 countries. You know, sometimes you get the numbers mixed up, a little dyslexia. Phenomenal. Phenomenal. 27,000 participants a month listening in and joining in on these conversations. Wow. You want to find out more? You want to find out more about what we're doing in Dubai? Really simple. Hit your browser again. Creative Mornings, all one word. Dubai. Hit return on your browser and you're locked into us here in Dubai. Just a spectacular amount of content there goes back to day one this was number 63 so you got over 63 presentations to to keep you company thank you very much for joining us thank you very much for listening love to hear from you a couple of ways to do that drop us a, an email right at creative mornings dubai at creative mornings.com or drop me one here potaholics uh, at gmail.com potaholics with a k at gmail.com love to hear from you thank you very much have a great whatever you're doing time. We'll talk to you again really soon. So long for now.